Welcome to For the Love of Dharma. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Heather Love, and I'm one of the first certified Dharma coaches in the world. This podcast will help you be more joyful, remember your purpose, and live life on your terms. Get ready to get inspired. Here we go. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. If you're a new entrepreneur or considering starting your own business, you're going to want to tune in today. I'm happy to introduce you to Hannah Noel. She is a podcaster and a business coach for new entrepreneurs. We dive into so many great topics today. One of them is the importance of listening to your body when making decisions. We are so quick to discount what our body is telling us, but there is so much intelligence there. And by tuning in, you will feel much more solid in your decisions. We also have a great conversation about setting and holding boundaries and that no is a complete sentence and how being comfortable in the uncomfortable gets easier with time, which will help you to not hold back as much in all areas of your life. I really enjoyed this conversation. So let's welcome Hannah to the show. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you, Heather, for uh, for having me here. I'm so glad you're here along with your cat. What is your cat's name? <laughs> Her name is Margo. This Aww. is Margo. And hopefully she doesn't, uh, hopefully she doesn't knock into my computer and mess up my <laughs> mic. <laughs> Cats are good for that. They're, they're like, to, they're very curious. <laughs> yeah. She's like, give me all the attention. Why are you not looking at me? So I'm here petting her to keep, keep her content and happy. <laughs> I love that. So the way I start my guest episodes is I have you choose either red or blue. I have a red book and a blue book, and I will pick a question from whichever book you choose. All right, let's do blue. Will you attend your class reunion 20 years from now? No, I will not. (laughs) I didn't didn't attend my 10-year reunion. I won't attend any others. (laughs) I have not attended any of them. (laughs) by the powers of Facebook I've kept in touch with the people I'm interested in keeping in touch with and beyond that I'm good (laughs) couldn't agree more I went to I actually went to three different high schools and the one that I ended up graduating from I knew nobody except for my brother and my best friend at the time and you know I've obviously kept in touch with them. (laughs) So (laughs) um, I have no interest to attend that one. I actually was invited to the 10 year reunion of one of the other high schools I went to, even though I didn't graduate, I was still invited. And I was like, who do you think you people are? You made my life miserable. Why would I want to see you again? (laughs) Thank you. Oh, my oldest daughter is in high school right now. And I just keep trying to tell her, I'm like, I swear it gets better after this. Like you just got to get through these four years. It does. <laughs> it does. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> oh, all right. I would love for you to tell my listeners a little bit about what Hannah was like as a young child. What was your personality like? What did you like to do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. I was, I'm the oldest. And so I always had the the leadership. Yeah, I was always like considered the bossy one, which I lovingly took with me through life. Um, I've always had natural leadership. But you know, I loved playing, we would play like school where someone would pretend to be teacher and students or we'd play doctor and somehow I was always the mom or the doctor or the teacher. (laughs) I did so much playing and exploring as a kid. 
I had a few close friends and then we kind of had a bigger group of friends that I stuck with all through elementary school, went to high school with them and ended up losing their friendship at the beginning of high school. So it, it was a journey, but I loved I love childhood, actually. I have a lot of very fond memories with my siblings. My, my sisters are eight and 11 years younger than me. So oh, wow. they were kind of like my first babies. And I loved helping my mom take care of them. I loved feeding them. I remember I was so excited the first time I could babysit them on my own. But yeah, yeah, that's such a fun question. I've never been asked that before. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? It's actually funny. When I was 12 years old, I decided that I wanted to change people's lives. I wanted to um, make a lot of money and I wanted to have flexibility doing it. And I didn't really care what that looked like, but I just knew that's what I wanted. I always said I would be a millionaire by 30. I'm not, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just knew that was what I wanted. And by the time high school started, I thought I wanted to be a nurse because, you know, nurses made decent money, had you know, a few longer schedules and obviously saving people's lives in in the medical field. Then I had an incident when I was just about to start school. Someone that I worked with got cut really, really bad. You could like see his bone and he was bleeding a whole bunch. And I was like, okay, just kidding. I don't want to do this actually. (laughs) (laughs) And then it turned into, uh, I'll be a teacher. I'll impact kids' lives with the flexible summer schedule and, you know, not too late in the evening. They don't make great money, but like it was enough. And then California teachers are treated horribly. So I decided just kidding. I don't want to do that either. And then I got into the coaching world and now I'm a business coach and I help women start businesses or realign, restructure their businesses. I love it. I love it. It suits everything that, that I have wanted for the last 18 years. So (laughs) that's been pretty cool. Amazing. And so do you help women leave their corporate jobs or start up their own businesses or what kind of business coaching do you do? Yeah, I have had a little bit of everything. I have had women that are stay-at-home moms that have like like one of my first clients was a photographer. Um, she was a stay at home mom, but kind of did photography on the side, but like she was doing family sessions, didn't love family sessions because of the like perfectionism and the kids screaming and the parents getting upset, even though she didn't mind the kids screaming and all that. So I helped her just restructure it. Well, what if you did lifestyle photo sessions where like you capture those crazy moments? Like you just go to the house for three hours and just take pictures of all the little mundane moments. So I I help women kind of get a bigger picture of their business, what it is that they're already doing. But I also have helped women leave their jobs, you know, because they're not making enough money, or they are just tied to their schedule, their work owns them. And they want the flexibility, even if they're even if they're not making as much money, maybe, maybe they have a, you know, I had one that she was working like 60, 70 hours a week. She had kids like she, that wasn't the life she wanted. And I helped her create a business that suited her. You know, she does coaching now. And so I've done a little bit of a little bit of all of it. Women who just know they want more from life. They'd have no idea what they could do for business because they don't have a degree. They got married and pregnant at 18 and they've just been a mom and a wife for 12 years. And so helping them figure out, well, you're good at painting and you like painting. So what if you paint a little bit for fun and then just 
sell it for a couple hundred bucks and see what happens. Yeah. I love that. I think women, especially, they just don't understand the possibilities. You know, they're, they're used to this certain way of living. They've been told, you know, you go get a job, you work for somebody else, or you stay at home, you take care of the kids. And they don't realize like how much is out there for them. So I love that you're helping people. I actually was in a corporate job for 20 years. I left the summer of 2021. And so now I'm a coach and I do podcasting and it's changed my entire life. Like there is nothing about my life now that is the same as it was then, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I love that. So much can change so quickly. Like it's, it's crazy when you think about it. A year ago, we, I, I didn't even have my podcast published. My dream of hosting a retreat was like a five-year dream. And now here we are a top 5% podcast and we have a retreat in six weeks. It's insane. (laughs) It's so amazing. And yeah, I think if you can just get on that other side of fear, not to say that the fear ever goes away, but to just be able to get comfortable with it and be like, okay, well, this terrifies me and I'm going to do it anyway. Let's talk about your podcast a little bit. What is the name of it? Our podcast is Untying the Knot. Uh, My co-host is Britt. Her and I were strangers before we started a podcast. We had just kind of like built a connection over Instagram, just DMing back and forth. And we decided to start a podcast for single moms and divorce divas, as we call them, and just sharing our stories and just like encouraging these women that they're not alone in the struggle that they're going through. We've been there and like we're on the other side We are still figuring things out because like you said, the fear never goes away. And it's the same thing with healing. You're never done healing. Like there are always going to be things that pop up that trigger you. And it's just an evolution. It's just a constant growth cycle of learning how to work through these things. But my, (laughs) my thought process and all that is that our podcast is very, very natural, very just conversation. So I love that your podcast is about that. I, when I was going through my divorce, it, I felt very alone. And, you know, even though there were people I knew that had been through that, you know, just being a mom and having my entire world turned upside down and having so many unknowns was terrifying. So I love that you have a podcast surrounded around that. What are some of the topics you guys talk about? Oh man, we have talked about so much. We have talked about the actual transition of so I didn't actually get divorced, but so, you know, I shared my story of when I realized my relationship was crumbling and up to the point that I actually became a single mom, my co-host talked about why she left her ex-husband and how that all transpired. And what's actually really interesting is we didn't even get into those topics until six months in, because those were like difficult. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, we both suffered emotional abuse um, from narcissistic people. So that was really difficult to talk about. It took us a little bit to get there. But, you know, we've talked about that. We've talked about just the, the stigma associated with single motherhood and divorce. I know that's something that so many women feel alone in, like they feel like they have this scarlet letter on them now. So we've spoke to that a lot, just kind of encouraging, you know, women that, there's nothing wrong with you. Like you did, you made a choice that's, that's best for you. Um, and if you have kids best for your kids and nobody gets married planning on getting divorced, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an intentional thing, right? Like you're not trying to hurt anyone. And at the end of the day, your happiness 
is only going to benefit your kids too. And those around you. Mm. So we've talked about those kinds of things. Um, and then just the everyday single mom struggles, like managing a house by yourself, managing a schedule, like the stigma that you get from, from teachers. I haven't experienced that quite as bad, but Britt, my co-host, her son went to a Catholic preschool and like, she was told multiple times, like, well, you know, because he comes from a broken household, like this blah, blah, blah. And so we just talk about that kind of stuff because people, you know, we deal with that a lot. It's just, it's an unknown, it's a hidden thing that, that people don't talk about. There's too much shame associated with it. Mm. And so we're here to try to lift that, that shame and that stigma it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> oh, I love all the t- those topics so much. And I hate the term broken home. I'm like, yeah. it, there, it's not broken. It implies there's something not okay. And yeah. in so many cases, it's better off by not having the parents together. So I'm, I think we should get rid of that term. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I know for sure my daughter and Britt's son, if we had stayed in the relationships, like, they would have had more damage than they do now. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. they would have suffered more trauma. And so it's it was ab- absolutely the right move for both of us. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your business alignment coaching. So for women who maybe aren't feeling super lit up in their careers, how do they know when it's time for a change? Is it just that they don't feel lit up or is there more to it? You know, I think it's actually similar to when a woman decides to leave her spouse, there comes a point where you're indifferent to what is happening. That's what I've noticed in my clients that when they're indifferent to the consequences of what happens, if they don't show up to their work, that's when you know that there's no passion there. Like that's when you know that whether it's your own business or if you're in a job, you know, if you're considering calling in sick and you don't care what your boss says, like, you're not appreciative of this. You don't enjoy this. Even if you say you do like, you know, the tough love, the truth is that you don't. And same with your own business. If you, you know, have a client reschedule and you're just like, Oh, good. Now I have more time to watch Netflix today. Like there's probably some questions you want to ask yourself about, is this just because I need a break? Am I burnt out? Am I working myself too much? Or do I actually not enjoy this? Yeah, I would say that indifference is definitely a very telling sign that you're not where you're supposed to be and not where you really want to be. Mm, Yeah, that's a great point because I do think when you care about what's going to happen if you do this or don't do this or whatever, yeah, that's one thing. And that shows that you kind of have skin in the game and that you are passionate about it, right? When you don't have that anymore. And like you said, you're indifferent. It's an opportunity to get curious and be like, hmm, what's Hmm. happening here? (laughs) I know that's, I always, I always tell my clients, just stay curious about the things that you think, like the thoughts that come up, we can't control our, I mean, we can control our thoughts, but we have intrusive thoughts where randomly something will pop in or we'll get triggered about something. And you just have to stay curious. Like, why is this bothering me so much? How come this client not showing up to our call is making me so upset? Like, what's the real reason behind this? You know, because it is likely not just because they didn't show up. It's because there's something else going on. And you just have to you have to stay curious through through all of it. (laughs) I think one thing I've noticed now that I've left the corporate world is that when I talk to women, they think that I'm trying to tell everyone to leave their jobs, which 
I am not. If you're <laughs> if you're happy in your job and it lights you up and you're excited about it, amazing, awesome. Stay there. If you even if you're working for somebody else, it's when it turns into like you said you're indifferent or this almost toxic environment that it's like time for you to leave. And that can be whether you're working for someone else or yourself. And I think people in general feel like if they're working for themselves, they have to stick with it, you know, and there's no no opportunity to change. So for entrepreneurs specifically, what signs do you see besides indifference where they might get a first clue that hey, this isn't working. Maybe I should try something else. I think checking in with your emotions too, you know, as far as am I feeling excited to work every day or am I feeling frustrated? Am I putting things off? Am I procrastinating? The emotions, our body tells us so much about about our mind and our soul and our work. So, you know, are you getting sick? Like, do you literally feel nauseous when it comes time to work? Like I've had that happen before. I was getting on a call and I was like, I just had this pit in my stomach where I just felt like I did not feel well. (laughs) And I remember thinking, I shouldn't feel this way about my work. If you're about to do something, you know, dangerous potentially, like your body tells you, probably not a good idea to do this, you know, and it's, it's the same thing with your work too. You have to pay attention to the clues that your body is, is giving you to the emotions that you're feeling going into, going into what you're doing now, every day for me, I am like, I'm so excited to work. I have to intentionally like force myself to I do personal development every day, reading a book or, or, you know, watching one of my courses that I'm enrolled in or something, I have to force myself to do that first, because I'm so excited to work. But I know that if I go straight into work, I'm going to burn out. And I don't want that to happen. I call it a body scan. It's a, a super useful tool. Also that I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of a body scan or if I've heard of it, but I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. So literally I, anytime I've transitioned a portion of my business, whether I'm, I've like shifted the way that I coach kind of over, over the last year, or when I'm like bringing out a new offer with like a different masterclass or group program or whatever, um, I do a body scan. And that is basically, I close my eyes. I imagine a white light, just like a straight white line above my head. And I just take a deep breath and I'm doing it now because I'm even kind of picturing it now as I'm saying it. But I just imagine the light go over my entire body slowly. And I just recognize the sensations that I feel in my body. Um, And after you do this a while, you realize what those different sensations mean. Um, And so for me, I have noticed that when my feet are tingling, that's like, it's like, that's a good sign. I'm excited. Like I'm moving in the right direction. Like this is good for me. If I have a, if it feels like a bowling ball is in my stomach, like literally feels heavy. That's a hard no. That's like a, you need to, I don't like, (laughs) that's like, I don't care what the consequences are. You need to ditch this idea right now. (laughs) Yeah. I've just figured it out as I've gone on. Anything in my chest is usually good. Anything in my shoulders is usually not good because it's like the, like I have a weight on my shoulders. But it's just, yeah, imagining that light going over you, just feeling the sensation, whatever it is that comes up. And I also like to sometimes imagine that area of my body that's feeling something, just imagine it being like held, 
like with my own hand maybe, or maybe like there's some light that comes around it and just like gives it a little bit of support and encouragement. So we can really figure out what that means. And it's a process. It took me a while to really notice what each of the sensations meant, but it's so powerful because it's all so connected. Mm, Yeah. Our bodies are so smart. And if we would just listen to them, it's so amazing the information you can get. When you were talking, it reminded me of a lot of times when I used to work in corporate, I would have a vacation time scheduled, even if I wasn't going anywhere, like I was going to take a week Mm -hmm. off work. And so often within the first day or two, I would get sick. And it was almost like your body was just like releasing all this toxicity from the job. And it used to piss me off because I was like, (laughs) I took vacation. I spent the whole vacation sick. But if I would have known then what I know now, I would have understood like that was my body's alarm system going, hello, something is not right here. We need to fix something because this is the only way I can get your attention. Yeah. People think that there's some mystery checklist that will just tell you everything about your business and when to make the right moves. But I have not found that to be true yet. You know, it's always come down to you have to listen to your body. You have to pay attention to your emotions and look for those clues and look for the signs. I mean, that's different for everyone. For some people that can be so disappointing that it's not just like, if you see a red car, then that's the answer. You know, like some people just want a very tangible solution. It's just not always the case. There are some times when it's like, if you see a billboard, like maybe it's a literal sign telling you something that you can't ignore. But most of the time, you just have to really get curious and pay attention to what your body is is telling you. So if you have a client that's starting to feel those things like, okay, something's not working here, what do you suggest for them to kind of move through it so they can figure out what's happening? I always start with what piece do you love about what you do? Like what portion excites you? You know, as a whole, if you don't like everything that you're doing, is there anything that when it comes time to do that, that's exciting? Okay, let's explore that. Like, what are you doing in that moment? that's exciting? Is it talking to someone or um, being creative or writing content or, you know, whatever the case may be. And then we, we take that and say, okay, are there other areas in your life in the past? I'm all about reflecting on the past. I don't dwell on the past, but the past tells us so much about what we can do in the future too. So you look back on the past. Is there anything that was similar to this thing that you felt that was an exciting thing for you to do. And if not, that's fine. If so, then you start wondering, how can I duplicate that? Or how can I do more of that? Does that mean that we need to delegate things? Does that mean that we need to completely say no? Like That's such a hard, oh, women especially have such a hard time saying no. And let me tell you right now, those listening, no is a sentence. No is a full sentence. You don't have to give any sort of explanation. You can just say no. Like it's that simple. That's like a, that's a whole nother thing that I'm passionate about. Oh yeah. We could talk about that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, reflecting a little bit on the past, what has worked, what have you enjoyed? What part of what you're doing now do you enjoy? How can you amplify that? How can you duplicate that? And you know, what parts are really, are really not serving you. And at the end of the day, if you're not 
enjoying what you do if you're not if you're not happy with it like that negative energy is just going to be poured out into every area of your life and your family is going to suffer your friends are going to suffer you're going to suffer it's just a it's just a mess you you have to find a solution <laughs> like 100% because i've even noticed that with myself i since i left my corporate job the type of mom that i am and the quality of the relationship that i have with my daughters has done a complete 180. And like, I'm actually fun now. And like, yeah. I, I don't lose my temper. I don't know the last time I yelled about anything. Whereas I used to be super just irritable and yeah. just kind of, I don't know if angry is really the right word, but just had a chip on my shoulder and I didn't even realize it until I left. Right. And so, yeah, there, everything changes when you start to understand what you love, what you don't and where to make those shifts. Yeah. And that's why working with a coach is so important and we're biased, I'm sure, because we're coaches. <laughs> but I really, truly think that when, because I'm the same way, when I look back on my past, I didn't realize how I was feeling about things or how things were affecting me. If I had had someone at the time with a bigger point of view, you know, an outsider's perspective, tell me, or ask me questions about, well, what is this doing for you? What does this mean to you, I would have seen these things quicker. You know, like you just said, you didn't realize at the time. That's how I feel too. There's so many moments where it's like, oh, I didn't realize at the time I was doing that thing because of this thing. Same thing with parenting. That has been something for me. I realized I was too, putting too much pressure on being the type of coach that I I thought I should be, you know, I thought I should be, um, I was working really heavily on just mindset for a little bit. That's such a big part of everything, but I wasn't truly passionate about the mindset part of it. I was passionate about the business side of getting control over your mindset, you know, but I was passionate about helping women create businesses, but I was focusing so much on the mindset part of it, that all of my energy was going to that because I was trying so hard to do that. And my daughter was suffering. I didn't have any energy left to play with her or to do anything with her. It took my best friend pointing it out to me like, Hannah, I don't think you really want to do mindset. I think you want to do business. And I'm like, you know, I think you're right. <laughs> and having that outsider's perspective gives you, gives you the permission and gives you the opportunity to step into the into what you actually want and what is actually going to be good for you. Mm, absolutely. So let's go back to no being a complete sentence, because this is also a favorite yes. topic of mine. And I think women specifically, and not that men don't have this problem, but I think it is just such a huge problem for women that they don't know how to have boundaries and hold to them. And it really comes from a place of people pleasing. And that to me is almost like a generational thing because it's like, oh, sit down, be quiet, do what you're told. And, you know, all of these terrible piece of, pieces of advice that we <laughs> received as kids. One of the ones that I heard was kids are seen and not heard. Mm, oh, yep. Man. Yeah, that one's brutal too. No, they're <laughs> supposed to be heard. So what advice would you give women who are in that stage where they, they don't define themselves as people pleasers, but they also don't say no and they don't hold to their own boundaries? The first thing for me always comes down to you have to acknowledge what's going on because if you don't have an awareness of it, then you're not going to actually care about changing it. So again, 
get curious and ask yourself, am I saying yes to things that I don't actually want to say yes to? And if I am, why am I saying yes? You know, am I saying yes to helping a friend do something because I don't want her to be upset with me? Am I saying yes to volunteering at my kid's school because I want to look like a involved mom, you know, like whatever it is, are you saying yes? And why, when you don't want to be, if so, I would, I would say, I honestly can't think of a single woman that I've ever met that was always good at saying no, that was always good at, you know, it's, it's something you have to learn. It comes from starting with that curiosity and that awareness. And then you have to say, okay, how would saying no make my life better and my life easier? And how would that affect my kids or my spouse or my partner or my friends? You know, how would me being strong in my boundary help someone else? And again, for, for women, it's a lot easier for me, at least. And I've, I've noticed this regularly with my clients. It's easier when you can see how it would benefit someone else too. So I know for me, when I set and enforce a boundary, even if my daughter doesn't like it, like I know in the long term, at the end of the day, she's going to know how to set and enforce boundaries and she's going to appreciate it right now in the short term, it really pisses her off and it is what it is, (laughs) you know, but when she's an adult, she's going to know how to do that too. So then you ask yourself, well, what do I actually want? And what's going to benefit me? What's going to benefit others? And how do I have that conversation with someone? You know, that conversation depends on the person. Are they reactive? Are they understanding? You know, I have been, I don't want to say lucky because I believe that I, I have, you know, a role in the external world that I live. But most of the people in my life appreciate my boundary. My best friend just recently, a few months ago, asked me if I could come watch her, one of her daughters while her and her husband went out of town. And I wanted to say yes, because I wanted to help her. But I also knew that I didn't actually want to do that. I live in California. She's actually in Arizona. So I was going to have to travel over there. And I just didn't really want to actually do that for me. And I told her, let me think about it. And then I called her a couple days later. And I was like, hey, like, I can't help you this time. And she was like, okay, like, I appreciate that. She didn't like push me for a why. I've just been blessed with a really understanding best friend too. (laughs) Not everybody has that. If you do have those people that are demanding, you have to start the conversation strong. Um, My dad is very demanding and doesn't understand boundaries. And so I have to start the conversation strong saying, listen, this is what I'm willing to do. He needs a lot of tech help with stuff for his business. So I don't help him anymore because I was doing it for free and it was draining me and it was taking too much of my energy and I have limited energy as a single mom. (laughs) So it was hurting me and my daughter. So I told him, he asked me for help with something. I said, okay, I'm going to help you with this. And then here are the passwords and I can't help you anymore because it's affecting me, you know? And he said, okay. And I was happy that he left it at okay. Oh, that's amazing. And I kind of love what you said about your daughter not liking things. So when I had my corporate job, I got really good at saying no and holding my boundaries, which did not go over well with management. (laughs) And so I think my advice for women would be, be willing to not be liked because when you hold to your boundaries, there are going to be people who are used to you doing things the way you've always done them. 
and they're not going to understand who this new person is, who is willing to stand in their power. So, you know, it's, it's, you have to learn to hold to that because it can be really uncomfortable. But you know what I found was a lot of people would come up to me after I would say, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not working nights. I'm not working weekends. I'm not showing up to do whatever it is that you want me to do outside of my family time yeah. or whatever it may be. Right. And people be like, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, you can, yeah. <laughs> but people yes. don't, they don't think they have that power. Yeah. Yeah. And something else that you said earlier that what you're saying now just reminded me of this is you have to, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable because if you allow yourself to, if you allow yourself to feel the discomfort of setting boundaries or of doing a new thing um, or making a risky investment potentially, or, you know, doing something that doesn't make sense, like, but if it feels right, when you get comfortable doing those uncomfortable things, it gets easier. And then you don't hold yourself back as much because we, we all have so much potential. We're just, I mean, we're just too afraid for one reason or another to hurt someone's feelings, to make someone else uncomfortable. So we allow ourselves to be miserable, <laughs> you know, to be suffering at the, ex- to, to make someone else feel better. And that's not, that's not the way that we should, that's not how we should do. That's not, that's not how it should be. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And speaking of boundaries, I loved what you had emailed me when you were scheduling your interview. You're like, I don't start my day before 11 o'clock. And it's funny because I've been thinking about that. I really don't like, I love people. I don't like talking to them in the morning and I'm a coach and I'm a podcaster and all these things. I really prefer to do my interviews and that type of thing in the afternoon, but I have felt this pressure to do them in the morning and to be available. And so just this morning, actually, not even remembering that we that you had sent me that email, I was writing in my journal that I really want to get back to meditating every morning and reading in my personal development books and those things. And I said, gosh, that and, and working out and all these things. And I was like, gosh, that's going to take like three hours. Am I okay with that? You know? And I actually, and I was writing all this out this morning and I was like, yeah, I really think that's going to put me in a better place to help other people. So I know you talked about that you have, you like to read your personal development books in the morning, but what does your typical morning look like? Yeah, I love that question. I have been experimenting with my morning routine for a long time because I felt like I needed to get straight into work because otherwise I was lazy. Like I'm not working if I'm doing personal development or working out or whatever, that's not work. You know, like that's what society tells us. (laughs) That's what the patriarchy tells us. I, I ended up realizing that I was harming myself and my business by not taking that time in the morning to do things that fueled me. Um, I was working on a half empty or an empty tank And then I was resentful toward my business, in turn, resentful toward my clients. It was not their fault. It was my own fault. But that was the energy I came with to my my work time. So my morning routine now, I actually have all my morning routine stuff right next to me. You said you don't use a video, right? But I'm going to show you the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just showing Heather right now my little gratitude journal. Every morning at the very beginning of my day, usually before I even drop my daughter off at school or have breakfast or anything, I write in here. It's kind of evolved what I've written, but there's always gratitude. You know, I always 
gratitude is the quickest, easiest, best feeling way to raise your frequency, your vibrational state in the world. And so I have always had gratitude a part of my journaling practice. For the last week, I've done the things that I'm celebrating and then what I'm grateful for. For a couple months before that, I was like um, making like the promises that I was setting for the day and what I was grateful for and like things that I was releasing. So it's kind of changed, but I always start with it's like five minutes of just writing in this journal. And I intentionally have been doing a lot of inner child healing work. So I really tried to write something that I'm grateful for, for little Hannah or like of little Hannah. That's just been important to me as I'm going through this inner child work. So I do that. Um, I set my intention for the day and it's, it's crazy what can happen. You guys, I set the intention yesterday to just celebrate. Like I'm just celebrating today. I'm celebrating me, my clients, my business, everything I'm doing. And not an hour later, I got a text from a client thanking me for the work that we had done. Another hour later, something else happened. Oh, I won. I won something. It was just a little mug, but I won something. Then like another hour later, I was asked to come on somebody's app as a guest expert in business. So I started my day with the intention of celebration. And then before lunchtime, I had three big celebrations. So that's, you know, a very important part of my day, my journaling, essentially. Um, And then I have a book currently that I'm reading. You are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero is what I'm currently reading. It's amazing. This is the third time I'm reading it, actually. So I have that one. I haven't actually read it yet, but I have all her books. I love her. I love her, love her, love her. So good. I love the way she writes the stuff that she, this is so much more than just making money. It, it can impact every single area of your life. And I got it at Target for like 12 bucks. Like you can't beat that. The first time I read it a month after finishing it, it took me probably about a month. And a month after I finished it, I made $10,000 when I had never made more than, I think the most I'd made in my business was like 3000 or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, okay. I'm going to go pull it off my bookshelf now. And read it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was so good. So morning routine journaling, and then I read a book and, or do a course that just finished up manifestation babe Academy with Catherine Zinkina. I love uh, her. Yeah. So for a while there, I was doing that and reading a chapter of whatever book I was reading. So currently it's, you're a badass at making money. Um, I also read, we should all be millionaires by Rachel Rogers, which is a really good one too. So the journaling takes me five or 10 minutes, then my reading and or course takes anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half. Um, And then sometimes I also like to, sometimes the course will be a business focused course instead of like a mindset course. So there's a couple like masterclasses that I've enrolled in from different business coaches. So I'll go, you know, watch those and implement the teachings that they have in that. But all of that, you know, I have breakfast. I enjoy my coffee and my breakfast every morning. Just that itself probably takes me almost an hour because I, I enjoy slow mornings. I don't like rushing into my morning. I want it to be peaceful because if I start my day rushing, my whole day, it's going to be rushing. And I don't, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And then I burn out quicker. And then by the time it comes to pick up my daughter from school, I'm exhausted because all day I've been rushing. So my, my breakfast, my coffee takes almost an hour. My journaling is usually done before that actually. And then sometimes I'll do like visualization too. I have my vision board up there. So I'll just like get into my feels and feel what it feels like to 
achieve all the goals I have. Then the reading, the reading and course, the personal development, business development part of it is, is the biggest one. Usually that's an hour and a half or so. I love that. And it's so inspiring because <laughs> you're almost, you know, not that I needed permission, but you're almost giving me permission yeah. for what exactly I wrote in my journal this morning. So thank <laughs> you so much you're for welcome. that. I think we're kindred yeah. spirits. I also love slow mornings. I hate being rushed and I intentionally with my kids, neither one of them like to get up for school in the morning. I set up my day so that I know I'm going to have to work on getting them up a little bit earlier. Yeah. And I do it yeah. in a slow way. I never yell at them to get out of bed. I, you know, gently urge them <laughs> in a firm <laughs> voice, you know, when it's like the 10th time, but I intentionally set up my day so that I'm not rushed. And it's just kind of my business has kind of gotten away from me a little bit. And so I am excited to have this permission. Yes. Yes. I'm glad I could give it to you. <laughs> so I would love for you to tell my listeners where is the best place they can find you and how can they work with you? I'm on TikTok and Instagram, although most of the content is the same. <laughs> and uh, my website, they're all with Hannah Noel. So with H-A-N-N-A-N-O-E-L, no H on Hannah and Noel spelt like Christmas, which I always loved. I do a 15 minute like discovery calls, clarity calls, whatever you want to call them, just to kind of see where you're at right now and how committed you are to changing it and see if I can help you. And if so, then, then we can go into what those options are. But I have one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have a retreat coming up in November that currently is the best way to work with me. Um, because it's, you know, the most, what you're getting, I think we've valued it at almost $5,000 and we're only charging 2000 for it. So it's really going to just like skyrocket your business. But if you're listening to this after November, then the best way to work with me would be a one-on-one -on -one coaching or some of my group programs. I'm always always having something new and fresh come up because I like being in that creative, fun energy. So I don't want to just recycle the same stuff over and over. But the one-on-one -on -one is where you're really going to get the custom work, obviously, because it's just one-on-one. -on -one. Amazing. And I will put all of the links in the show notes for my listeners. Awesome. Before I let you go, I like to ask my guests five rapid fire questions, meaning you don't have to answer them quickly. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. And it's just a way for my listeners to get to know you a little better. All right. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word play? I think of, <laughs> I think of a, like a, a McDonald's play place, <laughs> <laughs> like with the little play, the, the ball pit and everything. That was the first thing that I thought. <laughs> I love that. And you know what? I think they've gotten rid of them in most places. Like they're, they're hard to come by anymore. They actually have. Yeah. I liked when I was a kid, the outside ones where they had like the hamburger, like cage <laughs> thing, you know, yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but what is your favorite way to show up for yourself as it relates to self-care? I actually love taking baths. That's like my favorite self-care practice but I do my gratitude. Gratitude is a huge piece of my self-care too, because it brings me back to myself. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking this morning how I want to take a bath, but I have to clean my bathtub. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What were you doing the last time that you lost track of time? Oh, what was it? I think it was actually yesterday. I was watching Netflix. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Honestly, part of my, my daily routine is ending my day an hour an hour before I have to leave to go get my daughter 
so that that gives me time to decompress from my work Mm. brain to my mom brain. And I was just sitting there watching, I don't know if you've seen it, Sins of Our Mother. I have not. Crazy story. Anyway, I got, I just lost track of time. All of a sudden my alarm went off that it was time to go get my daughter. And I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like that was 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) How would your best friend describe you? Oh, she would describe me as loyal. That's the first word that came to mind. Mm, Great quality to have. Yeah. All right. Last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, the first thing that came to mind was trust yourself. Just trust your instincts, the things that you feel. And that's just good advice for anybody. Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting how much we don't trust ourselves. Is it is, and every objection that I've ever heard about women who want to work with me or come to our retreat or want to do something for themselves, but they can't, every objection at the end of the day goes back to trusting themselves. They don't trust themselves enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Hannah, this has been so enlightening and inspiring and you are so much fun to talk to. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes, of course. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Fun fact about this conversation is that immediately following, I updated my calendar to no longer do interviews or have clients before 11 a.m. And to say that it has had a positive effect on how I show up for my business would be an understatement. So if you're looking for permission to do the same, here it is. As I was editing this episode, I was reminded to go pull my copy of You Are a Badass at Making Money off my shelf. So that's next in line on my reading list. In fact, since I'm going to see Jen Sincero in person soon, I may just read all of her books, even the ones that I've read before. This episode was recorded quite a while ago, and since Hannah and I talked, she has now launched a second podcast called Just Like Magic, which is a spiritually-based business podcast, so I can't wait to check that out. She has also incorporated human design into her business coaching for new entrepreneurs and even does readings. Links to connect with Hannah are in today's show notes, so be sure to check them out. If you loved this episode, please consider heading on over to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a five-star rating and review. The world needs more conversations that matter. And by leaving a review, you help my podcast get seen by more people. Thanks so much for listening. Have a magical day. This podcast episode is brought to you by Prompts to Purpose, my free workbook that will help you stop spinning your wheels and start remembering your gifts. Inside, you'll find 25 journal prompts to get you thinking about things in a new way so that you can find your purpose and start living the life of your dreams. If you're ready to dive in, get on my email list by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio, and I'll send it over. Come on in and see what everyone is talking about. 